Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Yeah, so in two weeks, uh, I will say there is, uh, so we won't have normal service. Uh, instead, we're going to take that weekend and try to fill slots for uh, Refuge KC. So sign up if you want to do that, and we, we'll do that once a quarter. So we want to get it, we want to make it pretty normal for us to like go into the community. And so we want like as a church corporately to do that. Now, because of how the Refuge KC set up, the time that you basically serve for a time slot. And so let's say you want to serve on Sunday and you can't serve in the morning, but the afternoon makes more sense. There'll, there'll be an afternoon time slot for you as well. So check that out. We're also going to serve on Saturday uh, just so that more, there's more opportunities for us uh, to serve because, because of uh, COVID, the increased COVID cases, uh, they're decreasing the amount of volunteers uh, per session. And so to double our volunteers, that's w- uh, to double our opportunities, we're doing Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so that'd be the 29th and 30th of January. Uh, but we're super glad that you're here. We are glad that you brave the cold. Uh, I always get terrified uh, on Sunday mornings when I like see snow and I go, I don't know if anyone's going to come to church, but I really am thankful that you're here. Uh, I'm excited for what God wants to do today. Uh, we're in a series called Abide. And in that series, uh, we've been looking at, uh, we've been exploring mental health. And uh, not, not, uh, not every facet of it. We turn me down just a smidge, uh, Soren. Uh, not every facet of it, but we are looking at a few places uh, that for a long time the church didn't really talk about, like anxiety and depression. Like we, the church just didn't talk about it. It was kind of taboo. And so uh, we, we want to... Um, we want to talk about it. We want to dialogue about it. Uh, and we want to acknowledge that it's a reality in a lot of our lives, uh, at least either personally or very cl- for, uh, could be for someone very close to us. Uh, and so we, uh, w- and we want just to, we just want to talk about it. And so you might walk out and of here and go, wow, we, it was nice that we actually, we addressed that this is something that's going on. You might walk it, but you don't feel like there's there's more solution that could be true. Uh, you might walk out feeling empowered uh, and and maybe ha- taking a step that you are like, okay, I, I feel like I, the the Lord met with me today and gave me a step for me in my my mental health. Uh, and I I, I do want to pray for that for us today. Uh, I'll, you, just for a, a very quick prayer that 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 God would give each of us a step. Now some some of our step might be uh, it might actually be doing nothing but having compassion for ourselves. Because depending on where you're at, uh, and, and, and like if you're in a really dark place today, uh, like and you hear me say, "Hey, you should try this or this or this," and you're like, "I don't have, I don't have, I can't muster up the courage to do that," w- then maybe your thing is to, get to just to acknowledge, like, "Hey, I'm, I'm not there yet. I, I, I'm not able to do something today," and having compassion for where you're currently, like your your, your current position. So not not adding more guilt or shame, but saying, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have grace for myself." And I know there will be a day that I, I can take a step and have the energy or whatever else it might be, um, but, but to have compassion. So now, uh, 
as we look at this, we started with a the, we where we started in this series. We started with this idea of abiding in John chapter 15, where Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and apart from Him, we can do nothing. Meaning that life and fruitful life comes with living with Jesus. So that's kind of where we started, and and really um, not to like oversimplify this, but we do believe that Jesus is like the hero of our story. We believe that Jesus is. Um, he is ultimately going to restore the world back to the way that it should be. And so we do lean in to say that he is in some ways the answer. Um, and, uh, and, but, but again, life is, is more complex than that. So we, you know, if it's like, if there's a one word answer, we'd clap our hands twice and say, Jesus, cool. But, um, but you know, like we're, we're talking more about it, so life is a little bit more complicated. So then last week, Jake talked about anxiety, and then today we're going to talk about depression. Now, Jesus said these words. He's, he's, he's preparing his disciples in John uh, chapter 16, 33. He's, he's having a whole conversation uh, about him leaving. He's about to go and die and lay down his life, and then he's going to, like, depart from them after he goes up to be with uh, at the right hand of the Father. And as he's preparing them, he's, he shares this with them. He says, I've said these things, it should be on the screen, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. So Jesus is preparing them, and, he, and honestly, he's talking about the Holy Spirit as well. But he says, in the world you will have tribulation, is what the ESV says. Uh, NIV will say something like, in the world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And, and I, I bring this verse up to us today is because Jesus, before he leaves his disciples, he looks at them and he wants them to be prepared for whatever's going to happen. He says, hey, guess what? There's going to be times where you're going to have trouble. And, uh, and, and I, I want to look to you and say, hey, there's going to be seasons of trouble in your life. There's going to be seasons of tribulation in your life. And then again, but what does Jesus say? He says, but take heart, for I've overcome the world. Like, again, he, and, and again, today it might not feel like he's overcome the world, but Jesus did die and he rose again, and Jesus promises that he's going to come again and again to restore uh, the world back the way it should be, to redeem you, to uh, to, to, to get away, to, to, to take away any evil and, and, and sadness and tear, tears and all those different things. Uh, and so uh, what that means is that grief, sadness, even depression, mourning, uh, doesn't mean that you're not normal. Like if you if you have if you deal with depression or if you deal with different states of these different things, anxiety, it just means you're a human being, that you're facing trouble, that you're human, as well. Uh, and so, um, as of September 2020, uh, it's estimated that 46.6 million American adults acknowledge they'd struggle with some mental health issue. That's 20% of U.S. adults. Uh, and that, that's before the pandemic, by the way. Uh, so since, since then, 33% saying that COVID has had a serious impact on their mental health. Even now, like, not to, you know, if you don't want to raise your hand, but like, do you feel like COVID's impacted you some way in your mental health, maybe social anxiety, anything like that? Yeah, so, so that's probably more than that that's in, our, in our room. It says 25% of young adults uh, have experienced suicidal thoughts in some way. So one in four young adults will experience, that's, that's the ages, um, I think, 20 to 25 or 18 to 25. Uh, and then in a survey done with just pastors, their emotional well-being, it, they say, uh, pastors say from now, then before the pandemic, their, their emotional health is 10 times worse um, as well. Uh, and, and the reality is I, I, those are stats, but that's, 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 that's not just stats. Those are people. 
Like those are people who are really dealing with these things. More than three in five Americans would say uh, they, they, they describe feeling alone. Like just lonely. And so there's, there's a reality to, there's a reality to um, at times you will feel trouble. You'll experience trouble in your life. So we're going to experience, I'm talking about um, depression today as we continue the series and abide. Uh, and we, we know that God cares about, God cares about our mental health. He encourages us in the great commandment to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our souls, and all of our minds. Uh, he wants us to love him physically, spiritually, and mentally. And when uh, there's a space in our lives that it makes it difficult, because I can tell you when I've been in depressive states, it makes it difficult to love God in different areas of our, in, in different facets of that, that he wants, he wants he wants to come in and provide peace and wholeness and love and his grace in, in the midst of those things. It's estimated that 17.3 million adults in the United States have had at least one major depressive episode. I was looking, there's, if you look on our website, um, it, there's a resource tab on our missioncitykc.com. And on that, so if, you, if, let's, if you're dealing with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, different things like that, there's resources for you. There's counselors that are listed on there. There's hotlines or websites that will have hotlines connected to them, depending on the different areas that you're talking about um, as, as well. Um, but but, um, but, but 17.3 million people have experienced some version of a depressive st- depressive state that's 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 again that's those are real people that's not just a stat and uh, one of the most uh, the difficult parts about depression is is that it gets us to a, a place where we feel like like those three and five americans that we feel alone that we feel isolated that we feel like we we don't fit in that we don't belong and that i am alone now, not to poke fun at this, but um, to, just to give it some, maybe maybe to lighten it up, but not not really. But it reminds me of, um, like depression reminds me of you just have a Dementor always around you. Uh, any Harry Potter fans? Like I love Harry Potter, like way too much actually. Um, and But it really does, like it, yes, Dementors are described this way. Uh, dementors are among the foulest creatures that walk this earth. Uh, they infest the darkest, filthiest places. They glorify and decay and despair. They drain peace, hope, and happiness out of the air around them. Even muggles, which are us in the room, <laughs> even muggles feel their presence. That's just normal, non-magic folk. Uh, though they can't see them, get to hear, uh, get too near a Dementor, and every f- good feeling, every happy memory will be sucked out of you. If it can, the Dementor will feed on you long enough to reduce you to something like itself soulless and evil, soulless and evil, and you'll be left with nothing but the worst experience of your life. And uh, that's, that's kind of what, like, if I could, you know, the imagery of that, of, and they're, they're terrifying. They actually get more terrifying as the Harry Potter movies continue, but they just, it's, uh, other people describe it as like, like they almost like suck out all the happiness there is in life. And that might be what you feel like today, like if you, if you feel like you're in a, in a depressive episode or y- maybe that you have chronic depression, that you feel like that, that in times when it gets it's worse, it's like you have something that is like pulling out all of the joy out of you as well. Um, now, there's different types of depression. Um, 
and there's other people can give you uh, much better descriptions of all this, but there is, uh, like if you have a major uh, depressive episode, a lot of times that could be caused by a circumstance in your life. Uh, and so that could be a death of a friend, that could be uh, you go through a divorce, that could be, um, that could be uh, again, loss of a child, that could be just losing a job. Uh, there, there could be a, something in life happens to you, and then it causes you to be depressed. And so it's the way that the, one of the websites described is it's basically you, you experience five out of the 10 or 11 depressive symptoms that uh, last for more than two weeks. And so may, maybe you've had a depressive episode that's, that was short-term based on something that happened in your life. Um, you also, there also is chronic depression, which is something that just lasts longer so that you have the same intensity that someone would have based off of a crisis in your, their life, but it's, it lasted for a really, really long period of time. Uh, and then there's also, sometimes that leads to suicidal thoughts that leads to, uh, other places as well. Um, but there's different types and, and, and the motivations and the, the reasons that are triggered and, and what, what causes them are different too. It could be physically driven. It could be, it could be chemically. It could be something uh, in your brain that the chemistry in your brain isn't, isn't, isn't right and it needs uh, medication to help it to be back to what would be seemingly normal. Uh, it, could be, it could be spiritual. Uh, it could be uh, that like you are actually living in sin and that sin is causing you to be in a depressive state uh, or it could be not not because your own doing it could be an attack from a spiritual attack now we believe in spiritual warfare and so we believe that there's an enemy that is trying to steal kill and destroy uh, us and, and and keep us from the good things that God has for us uh, as well uh, but it is likely in some capacity that we all experience some levels of depression uh, I don't know if it would be chronic or even a major episode, but uh, or we're experiencing what I called a few weeks ago, which is this thing called languishing, which is you're, you don't experience enough of the symptoms to, uh, depressive t- symptoms to um, be, I guess, clinically classified as depressed, but you're like right on the line or just below it. Like you just kind of feel crappy all the time. And, uh, and, and so we experience this, but you, you may know someone close to you that experiences this. You may, uh, you may experience these things yourself. Uh, and again, we, we say this to say, we, we we're talking about this to say, like, we believe at times you will have trouble. Jesus told us that at times you will experience trouble. And even in this moment, like take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. And that might be the only thing that you can go, all right, this, I, this is the lowest place I can be. And the only seemingly light, the, the, the only thing that gives me light today is I know that one day Jesus is going to come back because everything else around me is a living hell. And it might be, that might be the reality of what, what you face today. But um, so, so not only that, people of God experience depression too. So at times you will face trouble. Not only that, there are people in the, in the scriptures that face depression. We're going to do a quick little overview of them. So Elijah, the prophet Elijah, he felt alone. We'll look at this passage together. It's First uh, Kings 19. It says, uh, there, verse 9, it says, There Elijah went into a cave and stayed all night. Then the Lord spoke his word to him. He says, Elijah, why are you here? 
And what does Elijah say? He says, Lord God, all-powerful, I have always served you as well as I could be, but the people of Israel has broken their agreement with you, destroyed your altars, and killed your prophets with swords. I am the only prophet left, and now they are trying to kill me. So he's afraid that people are going to kill him, uh, that they're, th- these people aren't worshiping God anymore, and they're killing God's prophets, and now he's the only prophet left. So naturally, Elijah goes into a cave to hide. And then the Lord said to Elijah, verse 11, he says, go stand in front of me in the mountain and I will pass by. Then a very strong wind blew uh, until it caused the mountains to fall apart and large rocks to break in front of the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake was a fire. And I mean, this is crazy, by the way. So he said, hey, I'm going to pass by you. And, and then you see this incredibly strong wind. Mountains are falling apart, almost like an avalanche or like a rock, a rock slide uh, or a landslide uh, is happening. And he, God's not in that place. There's an earthquake, which that would be terrifying. Everything's shaking around you. Uh, but the, the, uh, the Lord wasn't there. After the earthquake was a fire, which that's terrifying as well. But the Lord was not in the fire, and there was a quiet, gentle sound. And when Elijah heard it, he covered his face with his coat and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then a voice said to Elijah, again, he says, why are you here? And he tells him the exact same, he, he tells him the exact same thing again. Uh, he gives him that exact same answer again. And then down to verse 15, he says, the Lord said to him, uh, go back uh, on the road that leads to the desert around Damascus. Enter that city and pour olive oil uh, on Hazel to make him king over Aram. Then pour oil over Jehu, son of uh, Nimshi, to make him king over Israel. Next, pour oil over Elijah, uh, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mahilah, to make him a prophet in your, in your place. And Jehu will kill anyone who escapes from Hazel's sword, and Elijah will kill anyone who escapes from Jehu's sword. And then, this is what the Lord says to him, verse 18, this should be on the screen. He says, I have, I have 7,000 people left in Israel who have never bowed a knee uh, before Baal and whose mouth have never kissed his idol. So Elijah, this is circumstantial, right? He's, he's depressed. He's, he's thinking he's going to die. He's terrified for his life. Uh, and God speaks to him in a very small, still voice of the wind. But essentially what, what, what his message to Elijah was, it might feel like you're alone. It might feel like you're the only one, but there's, there's more. There's more. There's more people who serve me. There's more people with you. Uh, it might, you know, today in your own life, there, it might feel like you're, you're the only one that you are alone, but there are people around you. There's people in this room that would love to walk through whatever you're walking through. I know Cassie and I would love to do the same thing as well. Job lost everything. If you know the story of Job, Job was a man uh, who <coughs> was said would not but uh, not betray God or not curse God's name. And so this tempter or the devil in the story comes and tempts him, takes everything away from him. He, he was a wealthy man. He had kids and grandkids and he, he, he lost ev- all, of his, all, of his, all of his wealth. He lost all of his kids and he lost his wife. And listen to, to Job. He, he was still, even though he didn't leave God in this, he still was dealing with the depression and the darkness that existed with it. He says this in Job 3.11. He says, why did I not die at birth? Come out from a womb and expire. Why don't I just die at the very beginning? Job 3.26, he says, I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. Verse uh, Job 10.1, he says, I loathe my life. I will give free utterance to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. 
and he's he's just pouring his heart out to his friends and they're not being helpful and and but Job is in this place like he was he was depressed in this moment. He was in a low place in this moment. Jeremiah twenty eighteen. He's another prophet. He says, "Why did I come out of, from from the womb?" He says the same thing as Job to see toil and sorrow and spend my days in shame. Like why did why do why do I even exist? Why do I even to to to, to experience this this hard thing? Jesus before he dies on the cross, Mark fourteen, he says. Then he said to them, "My my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch." And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed, if it were possible that the hour might pass from him. And he said, "Abba, Father, all all things are possible for you. Remove this cup, yet not my will, but but what you will." My soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. In this moment, Jesus was so stressed out, was so full of anxiety that he sweated blood. That, like literally his sweat turned into blood because of the intensity of, his, of, of not wanting to go through the cross. But he ended up going down that road uh, as well. And so th- there will be times, there will be trouble in our life. There will be times that you might wake up and, and, and wonder, like, why was I even born? Why am I even here? What am I even doing? There might be times where this happens, and there's other people of God that have experienced this as well. You, have, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. But Jesus has overcome the world. You are not alone. You are not. Now, I, I, I want to be clear here. I, I, I get that. Um, I also want to say, is like, you, you are a unique person. And you have unique experiences, and you have unique feelings, and you have unique, um, you, you have a, a you have a unique life. You're a unique self, and so I cannot full ever fully understand whatever you're completely going through. And even though if I walk through a similar thing, I can have compassion, I can have empathy, but I might not fully get it. But but other people have experienced other things. Now, they might feel differently than you. So, I don't want to say, like, I know everything that you're going through. I don't want to say that that, that every person in here or someone else that has experienced similar things to you knows exactly what you're going through, because that's not fair or true at all, other than that that you're not alone and that we, as human beings, all experience trouble. That we all experience trouble. Uh, and, and, And as a follower of Jesus, I want to say this, is that, 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 that you are not alone. Like you are not alone. That if you feel alone, then what I want to challenge you today that the, the one your step would be to reach out. And you might say, I don't have the courage to reach out today. Then the day that you have courage to reach out, then reach out. Because you're not alone. The, the, the scriptures, Paul talks about the Christianity, uh, that the, the, the church is like a body. Like that we are the body of Christ. And that, that, that Jesus is the head of the body and and if there's someone that's in a in, like 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 because because we are a body that makes us one we are one family one body in Christ and uh, and you know you know what you do like if you're if there's a part of your body that gets injured like there's a few years back for whatever reason I um, I uh, like nothing tear but I strain the tendon that connects between my bicep and my, my shoulder, like on the front side. What do you do when something like that happens? What do you do? You, you, you tend to but you rest, and then you, you typically, you might go to rehab, right? Has anyone ever rehabbed uh, like a, a strain before or a muscle before, or if, you, or if you're learning to do something like that again? 
And so, and then also you might, you know, your other, I think this might be wrong about this. So someone can correct me later because I'm not very smart on the medical side, but I would imagine that your muscles and the other uh, parts around, like the body parts around you, try to 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 help and assist by helping assist along the way, uh, so that this thing can heal. And so uh, that's why I think that's why probably when um, players come back from injury, sometimes they re-injure because their body's overcompensating and he, like from the from like from something being hurt. Uh, and so, but if you are hurting, like you're a part of our body that is hurting, like we want to give you space like to rehab. We want to give you space to heal. We want to give you space and room to, to, to come back to full strength. And, and that's what the church should be about is that we are one. We're not all individuals that are, that are, that are scattered, but no, we are one body who wants to heal and protect other members of our body. Like if you have a cut or if you have a broken bone, like we don't just leave it dangling right there. You know what I'm saying? Like if my arm was bent in half right now and you could see the bone, what is that called, Evan, when you could see the bone? Compound fracture, all right, where it's just, I got a compound fracture and you see my bone coming out. We're just gonna, you're just not going to leave it like that, just hanging out, right? Like, no, we're not going to do that. We want to, we're going to put a cast on it and we're going to, we're going to make sure that you're taken care of. And so as, as a community, like if you're in a, in a, in a dark place, or if you're in a, if you're not in a good place and it might not even be about anxiety and depression, it could be about other things. Uh, like we want to be a family that focuses together on being one and we want to be a family that points and heal, like allows other members of our body to heal as well. Now, what is, what is the like prescription, you know, the application, like what, it, what, what is, well, what, what should we do about this? Now, if you're, if you're experiencing, um, like if you would say, hey, I'm in an episode of uh, major depression, which means you've, you're experiencing five out of however many symptoms uh, from over two weeks. Uh, or if you're like, I just kind of feel maybe even languishing or just a little off. Uh, or maybe you're like in a really, like you're in an extended period of depression. Just some encouragement. Again, like I said at the beginning, uh, maybe you walk away with one of these things, but maybe the thing you walk away with is today is to have some compassion for yourself. To say like, hey, like I know I like today I, I'm I'm I am on the path, but today I don't have enough. I, I, that's that's being honest with yourself. I don't have the energy or the strength or the capacity to do that today. I want to do that, but I, I don't have the ability to do it today. Uh, and so, just a couple things. Um, this this comes from our sending church uh, senior pastor. His name's Tim Howie. If you've never met him before, but he says if you're uh, if you are dealing with depression or anxiety or even other spiritual attacks or other things with mental health, he says, um, he, sa- he tells you to do three things. He says, uh, go get a physical, go see a counselor, and then spend time with God. And again, the reason why you do these three things is because, uh, dep- if, if, let's say it's depression, because we're talking about depression today, uh, those things can be caused by, by it, it, there's, the reason for depression could be multiple things. It could be trauma that happens to you. It could be, it could be a physical thing. It could be a, uh, a, a mental thing. It could be a spiritual thing. And so you go to the doctor and do blood work to make sure that everything's okay from a, from a physical and slash mental standpoint. You go to a counselor just to make sure from a relational standpoint that there isn't something that's hurting from the past that you haven't dealt with that's causing this, or from trauma from the past. And then you spend time with God uh, because, again, we believe that 
Jesus is the hero of our story, and when we are in his presence, there is fullness of joy, and if we are separated from spending time with him, uh, then it can cause us to, uh, to, to, to be disconnected from the Father, which is being disconnected from Jesus, which is being disconnected from the branch, which means we lack life. And so we do, but we do those three things because, you know, you might be like, no, I'm doing fine spiritually. I'm doing fine, like uh, relationally, stuff like that. But you know what? For whatever this level's off and it's causing me to f- like feel tired and not wanting to work and do all these different things. Or it could be, no, like I feel I'm good physically and spiritually I'm good. But like I just, I never dealt with something that happened in my past and I really need to work through it with a counselor. Uh, it could be, uh, again, it's like, no, like you're, you're mentally uh, healthy or physically healthy counselor you're good and but like I just I don't spend time with God and again we want to be with Jesus we think abiding is uh, a key to this is being with this but it's one key to it as well also uh, I don't know if you've you guys read the Psalms because if you've never read the Psalms before uh, the Psalms are full of these things that are called laments have you heard of a lament before? It's basically just a sad song is what it is, or a sad poem. That's, what, that's essentially what it is. It's a mourning psalm is what, what you're doing as well. The Bible is full. There's actually a whole book called Lamentations. It's a big lament is what it is. And, uh, but, but so again, this is to say it is normal to face trouble. It is normal to have grief. It is normal to get into a place where you're like, what on earth are we doing? Why am I even here? This is awful. I can't even believe I was born. I'm away. Like there, there's, there's people in scriptures that have felt this way, and there's people in this room that have felt that way um, as well. And so laments are, uh, th- I think they are incredibly important. And so what I would do is uh, if you don't even have to, you can Google what Psalms of Lament, which is fine. Typically, they are cries for like, God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? And I, all this is happening to me, yada, yada, yada. And then they end with this restoration and, and a, a, a trust in God, which is a great pattern for us because we are, we're human beings. Like we, we all go astray. We all think like and get frustrated about where our lives currently are. We get frustrated about like, God, where, where have you been? And why is this happening? And what's going on? And what about this? And, and it seems like my enemies are succeeding. It seems like other people who don't follow you are succeeding. And, and you promise this for people, but where are you? And you feel alone. I feel isolated. But then it, it, there's usually a but sentence, and it says, but I will trust in the Lord, or but I will, I, I believe that God will you know, come through, or that God is my rock and my fortress and my salvation. Because it allows us to be honest. It allows us to say, I'm here right now. I'm in a low place right now. I'm, I'm here right now. And then it, it recenters my, my focus back. But I still believe God. And you know what? Maybe if that still frustrates you, you're not ready to trust God in that, then maybe just being where you're at and sitting in those places. So one of them is Psalm 6. I'll read this. It says, it's 10, 10 verses. It should be on the screen. It says, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline. Or, or discipline me in your wrath. Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger. Or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Anyone praying anything like this recently? Anyone crying out to God like this recently? I mean, verse, th- verse three and four, let's go. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? How long will my soul be in ang- deep anguish, Lord? 
and he, uh, then he says, turn, Lord, and deliver me. God, save me, deliver me because of my unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name who praises you from the grave. I am worn out from my groaning. All night I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all you who do evil for the Lord. And this is where he flips it, right? The Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord has accepts my prayers. All my enemies will overwhelm with shame and anguish, and they will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. That's a perfect example of a, a, a lament that you see in Scripture. God, how long? My soul is in anguish. I, I'm, I am in, in a bad place, Lord. I am sad. I can't, get a, I can't, I can't even wake up to go to work. I, I, yeah, I'm in a, uh, how long is this going to last? When are you going to hear me? I, I, I flood my bed with tears. My voice is worn out from groaning all night long. But what? The Lord has heard me. The Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord accepts my prayers. And again, these, things, these, are, these are incredibly useful. That's Psalm 6. These are incredibly useful because, again, it, I think sometimes um, the, Christianity, the, the churches that I've grown up in, it's almost like toughen up, buttercup. Jesus is the answer. God bless you. Have a good life. Right? And it's like, oh, cool. So I can, I, I'm not validated to feel what I feel. And it's, not, it's like, no. Like, if you, I mean, this is, this is scripture that you're reading. Someone crying out to God saying, how long? And again, eventually, eventually they come back to, yeah, God, you're going to come through. But the reality is, what, what does Jesus say? He says, in this life, you will face trouble. You will face tribulation. And again, and, and then we have to realize, but take heart, for he has overcome the world. Sometimes I have to acknowledge my trouble before I can take heart. Sometimes I have to acknowledge the tribulation or the hell that I'm living in before I can take heart and realize that Jesus has overcome the world. Uh, another one that's it's very common, um, it's, it's this guy named John, John, John of the Cross. He, he has this poem in this book. It's a long book, uh, confusing book too, by the way. But it's called Dark Night of the Soul. And essentially it's that there are, there are, there in history, post-Jesus, so in the church, there have been Christians who have experienced long, extended periods of depression that are, we, they would call them spiritually driven, that, um, that, are, that are called dark night of the soul. So it's, it's, uh, it's a spiritual crisis in the journey towards union with God, is what they're described as. And other people, if you look through history, would say, yeah, there was like a two or three year period where something just seemed to be in the way and it just felt like darkness. Mother Teresa talks about this actually uh, before she died, I think, but she talks about this that she, I think her, she said hers was like 30 or 40 years, which I don't pray, pray or put that on any of you, by the way. But there is, it is normal that in your pursuit of Jesus that you might experience a dark days or a dark night for extended period of time, weeks, months, even years. Uh, some people even decades as well. Uh, so I had someone reach out to me. Uh, they actually, they, they've come to this church a couple times, but they came last week, and they, I, when I said, hey, if you have any stories about this, reach out to me and, and help me, and I'm not going to tell her story, but she did give some really good advice. She, uh, she, she wouldn't say that she has, um, she, she doesn't have chronic depression, but she has had, um, I think she said she had three episodes of depression that lasted for two or three months, and they were really intense. And, uh, and so, and the reason I asked for this is because, again, I, I, I would say I, 
I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I could even say I've had a major episode of depression, but I can definitely say languishing is a real thing in my life right now, where I just kind of feel a little bit like below good, you know. Um, but I just wanted to hear, like, hear her story, and she also just had a few things to encourage us from a practical standpoint as well. Um, and so sh- these are her these are her encouragements. So in her time, she she just wanted to the be- one of the best things for her is just to know that she was not alone. And even for you, if you're in a if you're in in a in a bad place right now, in a hard place right now, uh, I just want to encourage you. Hey, you're not alone. There's people here that love you, care about you, want to walk through life with you. And even if this is your first time here, we want <laughs> we would we would we care about you. We want to walk through life with you. Uh, find a few people to be vulnerable with, is what she said. Find a few people to be vulnerable with. That that doesn't mean find everyone to be vulnerable with. <laughs> find a handful or two or three or one that you can be honest with. Uh, that you can say, that you can tell them today, like I don't have it, like I don't have enough today, I don't have the energy today. Um, and then uh, some, the reason why you want to find people is because for her, it was other people that helped lead to breakthroughs. Her husband that helped helped her find breakthrough, and her mom that helped her find breakthrough. And so she says that sometimes God calls some other people to help you find the breakthrough that you need. And so maybe you've been sur- you're on this journey alone, and Maybe today God is saying, hey, like, there's someone else that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow to be in your life to minister to you because, again, we are one body so that you can find healing and hope and, 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 and peace in this. Um, ask for help. Like, if you really need help, like, ask for help. Uh, the other thing she said that I thought was interesting, she said, she said this. She used to think that, like, and this is not knocking prayer, but she used to think, like, you could just pray enough and it would fix it. If I just pray enough, my depression will go away. And may, that might be true for some people, but uh, but she said there was some participating that I needed to do. Like she made some changes in her life, and again, I think that goes back to Tim Howie's idea of like go go to a doctor, see if you're see where your levels are at, you know, go to a counselor, see see where you're at emotionally and and, and mentally, and then spend time with the Lord and and maybe make a f- a, a subtle change. And again, if you're uh, I, I, I want to reiterate this. If you're like, I don't have the energy to do any of that. Like, that's fine. Like, have compassion for yourself. And then when you do have the energy to do it, then I want to encourage you. Like, take one of those steps uh, as well. Make changes as you're able. Uh, not just make changes. No, make changes as you're able. Because again, we're all in different places. We all have different stories. We all have different levels of this that we may or may not understand for one another. Uh, and then she also says, um, so she was serving in ministry at the time, so she was saying it, it was okay to be faithful uh, and not feel it. In other words, so she was leading. She didn't feel like she didn't want to do it, but she just did what she was responsible for. She did it even though she wasn't, like, wanting to be there. She just walked it. She just, in some ways, toughened it up for those seasons, but was honest enough with the person that she was walking with um, that, that she said, hey, listen, I'm going to be here, but I don't, I don't feel like being here, and I'm going to be here because this is what I think God wants me to do for right now as well. And then I asked her, <laughs> then I asked her, what was not helpful? So is, if there's anything that's not helpful, which I think this is fantastic, like, did anyone do anything that just, like, sent you into a bad place? And uh, she said, she said uh, her mom used to, like, text her and ask her every day if she was okay. And which, you know, you think that's nice, right? Like, how are you, or are you Okay. And she was like, that was the worst thing you could text me because I'm not okay. And every time, every time that she texted her that, it was a reminder that she wasn't okay. And so she eventually had to have a conversation with her mom to said, listen, 
I will let you know when I'm okay. But right now, I'm not okay. And until I tell you I'm okay, I'm not okay. Uh, what was better for her was for just someone to say, hey, I love you. I'm encouraging you. Is there anything I can do for you today uh, to help you along the way? As opposed to like, hey, let me check in with myself to see if I'm okay. No, I'm freaking out inside. I'm in a, I'm, I feel like darkness. Um, uh, even like an encouraging note saying, I love you. I'm for you as well. And so uh, we all walk through this. I'm going to invite Evan to come back up. But we, we all either are walking through this, will walk through this, um, or know someone close to us or that's pretty close to us that will experience depression or is experiencing depression in their lives right now. And, um, and I, sh- I, I want to reiterate, you're not alone, that God, um, that you're not alone, that there's a body, that God created the church to be a body and that the body needs to come in to support you um, and to walk alongside you as well. And I'll leave us with this. this. This simple idea is, again, these are Jesus' words, that you're a human being. Like we will face trouble, we'll face grief, we'll face dark days. Jesus says you will have trouble, you will have tribulation, you will have hard times. But take heart, because I've overcome the world. That Jesus has overcome the world, that his forgiveness is found in his death and his resurrection that he died in, uh, on the cross so that we could be forgiven he rose again so that you could have new life so that his spirit would f- would, would come inside you and that he would make you a new creation and give you a new heart and a new mind and one day he promises to come back and he's going to do away with evil he's going to do away with darkness did you know there's not going to be darkness in the new heaven new earth uh, uh, did you guys know that you know why because there's not going to be a sun either, because Jesus, is his light, his glory will shine so bright that we won't have any of it. We're, we're going to get to enjoy that, that we're going to get to enjoy his presence, his life, all the days uh, of our life, and all the days after we die as well with him. So take heart, but know that there will be days that you have trouble, and know that we'll be there, we'll walk alongside with you. So let me pray for us. So Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this service. God, I pray to... You just give us wisdom and grace on how to go forward, how to help people. If people do need things, got got resources, they would come talk to to me, or they would um, find a friend that they have in the church, uh, or God, they would look on the website and find those resources. But God, we pray that you would bless the rest of our service. God, minister to those too, God, that are that are in a dark place today. The numbers would suggest that there are people in here that are in a in a dark place, and so. God, give them grace and wisdom on what, what are you saying to them? Do they have a step of, do they need to have compassion for themselves? Maybe, they need, maybe, maybe it's to see do- a doctor or a counselor, or maybe it's just to grab a friend that's here and ask him to, to say, hey, will you pray for me today because this is going on. This is where I'm at today. We love you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have three community groups that meet every other Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.